Hey, what's going on? Nick Kirby here, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Well, today we have a special edition of Chatterbox Reds. Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer came on off the bench live from Goodyear, Arizona. So I thought we'd put that in your Chatterbox Reds feed here on this Wednesday uh, as Charlie gave a really cool interview, some really cool insight into the happenings down at spring training for your Reds. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about our proud sponsor. That, of course, is Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC. Some programming notes premiering tomorrow, that is Thursday, in both your podcast feed and on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. We will continue our previews of each of the Reds NL Central Rivals. We'll be taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. So on Thursday, podcast feed and on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, a preview of the St. Louis Cardinals. And then on Saturday, we will have Chatterbox Reds live starting in the ninth inning of the Reds' first spring training game against the Cleveland Guardians. First pitch is Saturday at 3.05, so we'll probably be live around 5.30 or so. Love to catch you on YouTube. Of course, if you missed that, uh, we will have a podcast in your feed. That'll be on Sunday morning. And then every other morning, pretty much for the rest of the year, we will have a brand new podcast for you uh, as Chatterbox Reds is your only home for podcasts after every single spring training game and every single regular season game all season long. All right, well, here is Charlie Goldsmith. This is interviewed by our guy Reed Mouse on Off the Bench. You can, of course, catch Off the Bench Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, and it's also available anywhere you listen to podcasts. We got Charlie Goldsmith coming on the program. We ready to go, Casey? Hey, Charlie, how's it going? How's it? it, it, it the sun shining down there in Goodyear, Arizona. It's early, bright in the morning. Looks like you got a nice tan. How you doing? <laughs> the sun is right in my face right now at an awkward angle. So I did a poor job setting up that lighting. But yes, there is some uh, some tan going on. Yeah, you you look great. Uh, I imagine it's 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 a lot warmer there than it is here. So I'm a little bit I'm a little bit jealous. Never been down there, Arizona. These guys are going here, you know. But before we get into to all the questions, and I had um, myriad of questions that Elliot helped me out on. No Drew sample questions. No Drew sample <laughs> questions. So we'll, we'll stay away from those today. But first thing I want to ask is, you know, every spring training, you get down there, you see the same tweet from almost every single team. This guy's in the best shape of his life. Who took that award coming into spring training? Who got the, this guy's the best shape of his life award, the, the, the tweet thrown out? I'll give you two and, you know, make into the, read into these what you will, but they're allowed to be in the best shape of their life. Right. Um, Spencer Steer has the best sprint speed of his career. And then I'll tell you what, Buck Farmer looks great. Buck Farmer is in the best shape of his life. And I haven't seen him pitch yet in a live batting practice setting. I think that might happen in the next couple of days, <laughs> but overall, you know, he's looking pretty good. Good. All right. So, Charlie, injuries played a massive role last year. As we sit going into spring training right now, are there any major injury concerns with anyone at the moment? Um, you know, just some general – like, they're taking an aggressive approach to the spring, but they are ramping guys up on a gradual basis. So, like, 
Lodolo's gradual. He's probably, you know, the biggest injury situation to monitor going forward. Um, his arm looks great. He threw a bullpen off the mound, like the real mound on the field uh, the other day. I think he's got another schedule today. Ashcraft's ramping up, both of them getting kind of their legs back under him. Can You know, the, the running progressions, all that kind of stuff. Marte's doing the same thing. Indy is doing the same thing. Maul and Young had some minor issues. Maul I saw back on the mound. Young I haven't seen back on the mound yet. Uh, so that's generally where they're at. <clears throat> yeah, pitching, pitching certainly. And, and, and while we're on pitching, Hunter Green, you know, the big news came out yesterday that, you know, he's, he's working on two new pitches. He, he's working on a splitter. He, he's trying to, to help that curveball. Uh, do you think these will be used this season to, to change that, uh, you know, heavy diet of fastballs that we've seen from Hunter Green, which is an electric fastball, but just a, a change of speed? Do you think that will be heavily used this year? That's the goal, right? Like, so what Hunter Green's third pitch had been was his changeup. And it had been a long journey of Hunter building up confidence in the changeup, but he never quite got to the point where he was using it consistently really in games. And he needed that third pitch, especially against left-handed hitters. So they're like, let's just find something that's comfortable. And the curveball, definitely something to slow hitters down. But then the splitter, I think, if he really gains confidence in it, that's really what he needs to be consistent and, and you know, effective against left-handed hitters. So, you know, he already has a high foundation from what he can do and what he can be. But he needs more answers for, you know, when he's not at his best, when this pitch isn't working, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe the curveball and splitter can be part of those solutions. Yeah, when you talk Hunter Green... The, the big question is, can he be the ace? You look at all the teams that made the postseason last year. The teams that go far, they've got that shutdown guy. When the season is done, do you think Hunter Green will be regarded as a bona fide number one of this rotation? So I look at Hunter Green as like, uh, not like a Steph Curry type, but like a Clay Thompson type. So like what I mean by that is when he's on, he can win you games against anyone in baseball. He, he in the playoffs could outduel. You know, Corbin Burns, I know he's in the AL now, but I think in the playoffs, Hunter Green is capable of outdoing that type of pitcher. There are also games where Hunter Green is pushing in the fifth inning and they need to give him a quick hook because something isn't working. He admitted last year he needs to be better when his, you know, top of the line stuff isn't on. And that's a process. We forget how young he is. We forget how short of a minor league career he had due to injuries and COVID and all of that stuff. So it's a progression. I certainly think he has the upside to be. But I do think right now, look at what he did against the Twins last September. He is good enough to win you any game against any lineup. Yeah, he certainly has the shutdown stuff. And I, I brought that this up is if the, the Reds make the postseason next year, I think the talk, regardless of what happens in the first round, the first round they play, will be Hunter Green. He either shut it down or he blew it up. And that's kind of been his MO to this point in the season, which is why he has an inflated ERA. Sometimes he's got it, sometimes he does it. But, you know, while we talk about Hunter Green and, and can he be the ace of this staff, assuming everyone stays healthy. Obviously, Frankie Matas was was brought in to help. Um Graham Ashcraft, Nicola Dolo, who you brought up, have some injury concerns. Assuming everyone is healthy, where do you think this rotation ranks amongst other major league teams? I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's health, right? So, like, we talked about Hunter. Hunter can be really good. Lodolo, David Bell said this, and David Bell doesn't say stuff like this just to say it. David Bell said when healthy, Lodolo could be their best pitcher. And I think Lodolo might have been their game one starter last year if the Reds had made the playoffs and if, you know, Lodolo had returned in September and all of that happens. The buzz of camp is Frankie Montas, and he's another guy like just like legitimately. Look at the numbers, look at the data, look at the foundation of who he's been. When he is healthy, Frankie Montas has been a top half of the rotation starter. 
Um, Andrew Abbott, every team wants an Andrew Abbott. He's a, he's a pitcher's pitcher who, you know, carried the rotation through September. Ashcraft, you know, everyone's looking for their version of Graham Ashcraft. Brandon Williamson would be in 95% of the rotations in baseball. I think if everyone's healthy, could be a top 10, top five rotation. Now, they haven't shown they can be healthy. That's the thing, right? And so I, I'd project him as more towards the league average right now just because everyone has to be healthy and prove that. But if they're healthy, if you're giving me that, man, you know, sign me up for this group. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of talent there. A lot of talent. Health is, is the number one key. Let's flip over to the, the field. Jonathan India, um, obviously there's been a lot of talk about how Jonathan India's role on the team is going to be. He's going to be moving around the field. Is there anything uh, that you've seen in camp about how he looks, you know, um, kind of get into the outfield role? And so he's been slowed a bit due to, you know, he had to manage the plantar fasciitis. So he's not like going through the full running progressions with the team right now. But, you know, while they did that yesterday, India was on the side kind of working through some very specific outfield-related drills with Colin Cowgill. He's working on specifically, you know, adjusting his throwing mechanics to fit him in the outfield. I haven't specifically seen him out there, you know, chasing down a bunch of fly balls. That's not where he's at yet, just because of the reasons I mentioned. So, yes, it's too soon to tell. But, you know, you got to stress this. India's here for it. India's ready for it. He's excited about it. He wants it. He's embracing it. And to me, that's, you know, the first step in making sure that's able to happen. Yeah, you, you know, Jonathan India is just one of the many pieces that's going to be in the lineup, out of the lineup, moving around, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of players that play, and that's how it was last year, kind of a platoon role, and David Bell s said it's going to be very similar to how it was last year, where not everyone's going to be starting every day. Do you think this is the right move going forward based on just all the young pieces that they have, the pieces that they brought in, that, you know, hey... They're, you're not going to play every day, but you're still going to be a big part of this team. You, you might get 100, 110 games, but there's not going to be a set lineup for 145 games of the year. So I'd do the same thing, and here's why. Like, I don't have all the answers. They don't have all the answers. Like, <laughs> how many questions are there? Who's better, Will Benson or Christian Encarnacion Strand? I don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. Who's better, Jonathan India or Noel Marte? You know, we could keep playing this game. Jake Fraley or... Um, Spencer Steer, like, well, Spe you know, Spencer had a better season last year. I understand, but just purely against right-handed pitchers, who's the better hitter in those situations? Who's the better defender as a corner outfielder? You know, we could play this game with nine players on the roster. And if you asked 100 people to rank them, you know, the survey would say that there'd be about 100 different answers for where those guys rank. So they just kind of need more information. But the baseline is these guys are really talented. And kind of Ellie and McClan have a head start. I think they'll play the most. Friedel as well as your everyday center fielder. But aside from that, there's just so much they need to learn about this group that we'll see over the course of the season. Yeah, well, one piece that, you know, high ceiling, a lot of people are very high on him, Noelve Marte, right? Obviously, the Reds signed Jamer Candelario this, this offseason. Is there a world in which uh, Marte takes that everyday third, starting third base role away from perceived Candelario? Of course, 100%, especially if Candelario is comfortable and successful at at first base. Like, Olvi Marte was the best hitter in September. He's very confident about offseason adjustments he's made to tap more into the power. Um, that was really what was so encouraging, too. Is was the I talked to him about this yesterday. When the Reds traded for him, they got a power-hitting shortstop. That was the scouting report. And then the first skills he demonstrated at the big league level were the approach to the plate, the consistency, like, you know, Ellie De La Cruz is great and, and you know, He's made some adjustments to work on all that stuff. But, like, think of where Ellie struggled last year. 
Novi Marte didn't have any of that. He was good at all of that stuff right away, and now he's really combining that with power, and that's where the upside gets really exciting. So he's really molding himself into, I think, an all-star caliber type of player mm-hmm. when you look at the long-term trajectory of his career. And so certainly if that happens sooner than later, that's totally a possibility for the season. I don't know how old you are, Charlie. Are you a millennial or a Gen Zer? You know, I, I I don't know. Born in 1998, I don't know what that makes me. That that would make you a Gen Zer. So from one Gen Zer to another, I'm going to ask you a very Gen Z question. What are the vibes around camp? What are they around camp? Because it's a very different, you know, going into the season. Last year, projected to win 65 games. This year, very real hopes to make the postseason to win the division. What are the vibes around camp? Here's where Reds, fan, Reds fans start to get excited. You know, I've, had to, <laughs> uh, I've made this point a couple times, like, the band's back together and the vibes are there's no introduction there's no feeling out where people fit on the team it's been like they've been talking about what they were going to do in the first week of spring training since september 30th you know when they got eliminated you look around and it's like real talent and you look at last year like you know last year these guys it was like you know they were young guys they were taking people's spots they were entrenched veterans who would be the starter in april who knew they probably wouldn't be the starters in june this year eddie everyone pretty much knows exactly where they fit Everyone's really comfortable with each other. They really like each other. And then one of the big stories is too, like, and I'm not just saying this, you know, the young guys are, are saying the ways that Montas and Candelario and Pagan and Suter have not just fit in, but already taken leadership roles and been the veterans that the Reds have been looking for. Like nice. it's fitting and the pieces are clicking. And it's like, honestly exceeded my expectations, the talent level and the fit that you're seeing kind of take a step forward in 2024. It has been a very encouraging start to camp in that regard. All right. You're, I think you fired up some Reds fans in, right, in, in the chat. One question I got to ask you before before I leave you. Who's an underrated player that you're excited to see this spring? Frankie Montas is number one. Like, yeah, I talked really? about him earlier. Like, he could be really good. Um, under the radar, I think people sleep on Connor Phillips. I think he was fantastic for two starts in September before the worst start in Major League Baseball history. His stuff, says, his stuff is as good as anyone's. People aren't talking enough probably about Blake Dunn. Like, he could be this team's backup center fielder. Maybe not on opening day, but you never want something to happen to Friedel. But if an injury happened, I think you could see a lot of Blake Dunn. And then out of the bullpen, Zach Maxwell and uh, Jacob Heatherly are two very low-key, under-the-radar names that I think could make an impact in 2024, or at least have the stuff to make an impact in 2024. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We really appreciate everyone who continues to support us. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds, on your favorite podcast platform. You're going to want to make sure you do that now because during spring training and the regular season, we are the only Cincinnati Reds podcast that has new episodes after every single game. And we'll have plenty of additional content leading up to that. I also ask that you please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Can't tell you how much that really helps us to grow the show and continue to bring you more great content. Also, make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. There's where you could join us live after every single Reds game and be a part of the conversation for all of our live shows. Hit that bell up in the top right corner on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. You'll get alerts and notifications on your phone whenever we go live. All right, before we let you go, I do want to tell you about some of the other great content that we have for you here on Chatterbox Sports. First off, our flagship show that is Off the Bench. Host Trace Fowler is uh, on every single day, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. They talk all things sports, so be sure to check out Off the Bench on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Also available everywhere you get podcasts. 
Then there's Chatterbox Bearcats. That's with Charlie Walter and his friend Houdini. They host a show covering UC sports. They go live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. And you can find Chatterbox Bearcats everywhere that you get podcasts. Those guys also do another podcast called the Chatter Podcast, which is a little bit of sports, but a whole lot of fun. Be sure to check that out everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's called The Chatter. We also have additional content on YouTube. Reed and Elliot are doing a new little series called Chatterbox Reacts, where they're doing some short videos about some of those interesting topics in sports. So that's, of course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. We have the Chatterbox Shop. That's on ChatterboxSports.com. We have all kinds of great merchandise for you. Uh, some Reds gear, some 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 Chatterbox stuff, some just fun and interesting creations that they've come up with. All kinds of great shirts for everyone. So be sure to check out the Chatterbox shop. That's on ChatterboxSports.com. We are uh, at Cbox Sports. That's at Cbox Sports on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, also known as X. We are Chatterbox Sports on Facebook, putting up a lot of content on there. So you can follow us on whatever platform that you like. You also have some really cool additional content in the works and some members-only streams. That's on our YouTube page on Chatterbox Sports. Links to all that stuff that I talked about, all the Chatterbox Sports shows, and everything else is in the episode notes today. So be sure to check that out. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Hope that you have a fantastic day. And as always, and most importantly, go Reds.